gents, and welcome to episode 48 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm joined by Jordan. Hey, what up? I'm joined by Dom. Hello. Episode 48, so close to 50. I, I can't believe we've been doing this long. Um, but anyways, we're going to be hopping into uh, what we've been playing. Uh, played some more Sniper Elite 4. This game's taking a lot longer to finish than I anticipated. For the simple fact of, we, we've talked about this before, especially like the multiple times we've talked about Witcher 3, Jordan. I have this weird like completionist urge in me, and it's the way I play yeah. video games. It's just a personal thing. And it's not so much like 100%ing a game to the full extent. It's just... If I'm on, so for Sniper Elite 4, there's open areas, kind of like Tomb Raider-y, and these large expanse areas, and they give you primary objectives and secondary objectives. Well, if you give me the secondary objectives, I have to finish them. So I'm going oh, yeah. through, and I'm, I'm basically trying to complete all the objectives at once. You don't have to do that. The cool thing with this game, uh, it's one thing I talk about in my review that I'm writing. Um, you'll probably see a video version of it on our YouTube at some point. Um... I like that this game is as deep or as uh, shallow as you want it to be and as mm. um, f like fulfilling as you want it to be, and the replay value is all, all up to you. Like The way I'm playing it, there probably isn't a lot of replay value there just because I'm going through and getting them, and it's extending the time of the missions by a lot, right? I'm spending like two hours in a mission, and there's eight total story missions, um, so it's kind of drawing out the experience for me, but I'm enjoying it and having fun. You don't necessarily have to do that. There's primary objectives that you can get through pretty fast, probably within like... 45 minutes ish so i'm kind of like padding out the story myself because that's the way i play whereas it can be a more streamlined experience and you can probably finish the game in six to seven hours more than likely but the way i'm handling it, it's probably going to be around you know 12 to 15 uh so i like that because you know if somebody doesn't play the way i play and they just like to go through the primary objectives they can go back later and be like i want to tackle this mission again but i'm going to go for the the secondary objectives um, they reward you for killing people in different ways too. So obviously it's called Sniper Elite, the primary way of sniping. That's how I play the game. Um, the pistol feels really good. Obviously with a, a developer that makes a game called Sniper Elite, you figure that their ARs and their shotguns aren't going to feel super well, like, uh, you know, as an FPS and, uh, or third person shooter, not really an FPS, but, um, the shotgun feels really good. They ARs in that game. They, they talk about how they fix it to improve it. They still don't feel right. Which is fine to me, because if I'm playing you know, a game called Sniper Elite, I want to snipe people. It's kind of the point of the game. Um, and it's not an excuse. Obviously, they should try to make their gunplay as good as possible. But I'm having fun the way I'm playing through it. I'm, I'm close to the end. I'm on Mission 7. Like I said, there's eight of them. And there's some other game modes and stuff. The uh, customizability of this game is really cool, too, because at the beginning of the story, you get to choose your loadout. Obviously, it's limited because you haven't played the game yet. Um, but as you play the game, you unlock uh, money and stuff to be able to buy guns and basically make different loadouts so that adds to the replay value as well right for the missions so the game's enjoyable i wouldn't say it's like you know 10 out of 10 but it's it's exceeding my expectations for what i thought the sniper elite series was so that's awesome um i've also been playing a ton of tetris ultimate i love tetris a lot uh if anybody's familiar with bosman v wozniak it's this uh stream that kyle bosman does on the weekly basis where he plays tetris to try to beat uh wozniak's score um, I, I love Tetris a lot. I don't think that's anything I ever shared, but like, I really love Tetris. It was a game that I bonded with my dad, uh, with, uh, as a child and stuff like that. And I played it for a long time. So I kind of fell in love with Tetris. So I've just been playing a ton of Tetris, uh, ultimate on the Xbox one. And I've also been playing Rayman origins. And this was, I think a games of the gold, like a month ago or two months ago, I've played through most of Rayman legends, uh, 
on Xbox One. And then Rayman Origins became available, and I really love the Rayman games as well. They're another game I played as a kid, and I'm just having fun with that, just getting through it platforming. It's a... Um, it's my podcast game for the time being. You guys know about that. Just a game that you can pick up and play while you're listening to something. Or it doesn't take much involvement in the story, right? But I've always loved the characters gonna, for Rayman. So I was going to ask if you play Tetris and watch Bosman versus Wozniak, actually. Oh, that's like too much. That's like a meta level. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Um, that's extra challenge. Well, yeah, especially because, uh, you know, I, when you play Tetris, as the levels progress, the music gets faster and faster. So I'd be hearing my own music. I could have that on mute, obviously. And then the soundtracks that he chooses for his, that's like too meta for me. I could possibly try, <laughs> but it's like a little too much. Um, yeah, I was actually playing Tetris on Sparkade for a long time. But then the way that that system rolled out where it was making it so it was kind of forcing your hand into putting money into Sparkade. If you're not familiar, Sparkade is a mobile app that has like Pac-Man and Tetris and Centipede and a bunch of stuff. The app's cool, it's fun, but if you play it too much, it seems like there's a, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Help me out here, Dom, you're the business guy. Um, when you put money into something and you don't get your investment back over a long period of time, what is it called? Your ROI? Diminishing returns? Diminishing, law of diminishing returns, essentially. That becomes oh, yeah. super okay. evident as you play on Sparkade. So I was like, I don't like this anymore, I deleted the app. Because uh, I'm already, I don't really like mobile games to begin with. And then I saw that Tetris Ultimate was on sale, and I was like, awesome. Um, I like the D pad on the Xbox controller a lot. Um, so I've, I've been so having clicky. Fun with that. Yeah, way better than the uh, the 360 one, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Everything, everything I've been playing, not too much really. But what about you guys? Well, let me tell you, Jared. <clears throat> First of all, let me just. Yep, it happened. There's now hair on my chest because I platinumed Bloodborne. Great plat, dude. Oh That's my impressive. god! I still, I don't. I just can't believe it. it That's a tell tough you, plat. That's a tough it, plat. <laughs> it ain't no that platinum. Male. That platinum bends you over, does things to you that I don't think I can say on this podcast. Throws you on the ground, spits in your face. But then you know what else? You get back up. And then you platinum that bitch. That's and a grindy one. Man, I, I've i been trying to... I'm working my way towards completing Shovel Knight, and that game is brutal as far as completing. Like, finishing yeah, the game without that. dying and stuff like that. Like, Bloodborne seems pretty challenging. Any of the Souls games are really... They're either, like, super time investment or just super difficult or both. Don't you have to beat it? Don't you have to beat it, like, three times? Uh, what are you talking Bloodborne about? Bloodborne or Shovel Knight? Bloodborne, because I think you have to get multiple endings, right? There's different yep, endings. Yep, so that was the third time I beat it, but that's the easiest part. The hardest part is all the trophies required for the Chalice Dungeons. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the one that cuts your health in half, and then um, I even banged my head against uh, a harder brick wall. Tried Because uh, you can add modifiers to it that will give you greater rewards, but it makes it even harder, and so it chopped it even further, and I was like... I just I don't have any health. Like anything kills me in one shot. I can't. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I can't oh, do it's, it. it's a test, but that's yeah. all I played. played Obviously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's a great play. That's a respect. Yeah, congrats. Play. You yeah. you definitely deserve a round of applause. I'm, I'm looking forward. Any day now, I'm supposed to get an email congratulating me from Sony that includes uh you know one of those PS4 themes or whatever, and it's the only way you can get it. Oh so, wow! Kind of oh cool... yeah, Bloodborne is a special game like that. If you yeah. beat, if you get the platinum, you get a theme. That's a cool dimension. They should they should do more things like that. Like in, I mean, 
Absolutely. Sony Microsoft, everyone. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Because it's just every, a theme, right? Every Platinum should have a theme. Oh, if you should definitely get a reward somehow, cosmetic right. or otherwise. Like, not even just in the game, but on the platform. Because you're committing that much time to it. That's something that yeah. Microsoft should implement. That's really cool. I didn't even know that was a thing for Bloodborne. That's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know of any other games that do it, but maybe there are, and I just don't know about them. But, yeah, looking forward to it. Sometimes, some people, apparently, it takes months for them to get the email. Some people got it in a few days, so I have no idea. The mysterious not, Bloodborne email. Yeah. Not the best uh, implementation, but a very cool idea. You so, will receive stationery with directions on how to download your free theme in a matter of time. It could be months. It could be years. Jesus. Oh, God. Um, Jordan, you weren't on last week because you are picking up a brand new, or at least a new, TV. Um, a beautiful TV. Uh, yes, it was. It's, it's a new 4K Samsung uh, it has HDR and it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, so yeah, I I had to go pick it up last week um, here in Nashville. I bought it on eBay, but it was a local pickup for one of our uh, local <laughs> electronic stores. And I went to their warehouse and got it. And basically, it was um, a new open box. So the box had been opened, but the TV was you know brand new. And so they were discounting it, and it has, like, a really short warranty. Uh, but I've been looking at prices for this thing, and I saved several hundred dollars easily, like $400 um, plus on this TV just by going and getting it this way. So, um, And it works perfectly fine. Um, I've tested it to its uh, the fullest lengths. So, um, have you tested that bad boy out? Like, have you... Yeah. What have you yeah. played in in that beautiful yeah, resolution? So, yeah, so um, my topic uh, later on, I'll get into this a little bit more. But um, So the deal was I was wanting to get a bigger TV, um, and so I started shopping around, and I realized that, I mean, for uh, the size that I was going to get, it'd really be just about as cheap to get a 4K TV as it would be yeah. 1080p. You, you can't really get big TVs in 1080p anymore. I mean... It's Not getting tougher, yeah. yeah. And um, so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and do this. And then, um, you know, wanted to get HDR and then was kind of going back and forth on HDR because it can actually be, you know, a couple hundred bucks extra on some TVs uh, just for the HDR um, add-on. So, um, yeah, I was shopping around and, and found the TV I wanted, found it, found the... Uh, uh, size I wanted, which was 55. I had been at like 42 or 43 inch and um, decided to go with a Samsung as opposed to a Panasonic because people were saying the Panasonic was like f cheap and flimsy and um, it seems like this Samsung is really stolid and sturdy. Um, so yeah, um, the thing is, is uh, right now I'd say I'm getting into the game. Uh, I, I picked up a PS4 Pro um, I've got the 4K TV with the HDR. I'm getting into the game pretty much right at the perfect time because I didn't have to pay exorbitant amounts to get these items, and um, I'm hitting it right as 4K is coming along. Um, there's still not a whole lot of stuff. Like, um, it's tough to find movies. Uh, Rogue One just got announced. The Blu-ray just got announced, and uh, no mention of anything 4K, and uh, Star Wars Force Awakens still hasn't been released in 4K. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that's still not even 
um, kind of close to being there, really. Well, remember, and, you can't play a 4K Blu-ray on that boy. Yeah, there's no 4K Blu-ray <laughs> on that. Um, there is Netflix and YouTube, but um, a yep. lot of that stuff isn't even 4K yet. Um, Amazon Prime, I think, does it. Yeah. Um, and then I was hearing that some of these apps don't have HDR, but they do have 4K, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's hoops to jump through. I had to get new HDMIs because um, had, they had to be higher bandwidth to support 4K. And um, there's all different kinds of stuff that I'm trying to figure out that just, you know, I could I could talk for the whole podcast, but it'd bore you guys to sleep. So um, there's know, some man. good. There's good and yeah, there's good and bad. And um, I am enjoying it for the most part. I love the TV. The TV is gorgeous. And, um, you know, I got to test it out on Neo. I put it in 4K. Um, well, it's technically Ultra HD. The PS4 Pro doesn't really run true 4K. It runs Ultra HD. But anyways, it looks good. It looks better. Um, I watched Star Trek Beyond. That was the first movie I watched. Um, and it was fucking gorgeous. It was the perfect movie to, to start my TV off with. Um, so yeah, um, overall, like I said, I'll get into this more in my topic with the PS4 Pro overall, it's still probably a little bit early, but like I said, I, I wanted a bigger TV anyways, and I was going to do that. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and future proof this a little bit, but you know, Jared, um, you don't even have a, like a PS4 Pro or an Xbox Scorpio yet. So I, I definitely don't think you need anything in Dom. Um, yeah, so Dom, you could wait until the end of the year and probably, probably not even worry about it, you know. But. I, I will tell you, it will happen within a month. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, Horizon because that's going to be my first game that I totally play on just the PS4 Pro with the upgraded resolution and all that. I'm hearing great things about what how that runs game. on PS4 Pro. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about this new uh, update that they're coming out with because that's going to add uh, boost mode to the PS4 Pro, which is going to basically kick up your frame rates for all your games that you're playing. Yeah, I've noticed I was playing Mass Effect 2, I guess since this is what we're playing right now. I was playing Mass Effect 2 on this TV, and oh my gosh, dude, it's a PS3 game. Like I didn't you know, mod my PS3 or anything, but it runs so much better just because... Um, the TV is really good. I've noticed it handling things, though there's not a lot of 4K content out there. It takes 1080p or even 720 or whatever, and it handles it really well, and it kind of cri- crispens it up and everything. So I was playing Mass Effect, and the frame frame rate was just so smooth, and everything looks so crispy. And so um, that's nice. I was playing uh, Neo, like I mentioned. I've been playing uh, 2064 read-only memories, which... You know, is obviously not a graphical powerhouse, but it still looks beautiful nonetheless. Um, loving that game. I've talked about how it's kind of a uh, a cyberpunk game when we need it with uh, the loss of possibly Deus Ex going down uh, pretty soon here. And so I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the soundtrack. Jared, you were asking me if uh, I think there's going to be Neuromancer references in Cyberpunk 2077. And they're already littered throughout uh, 2064 read-only memory, so I can only imagine what CD Projekt Red's going to do it uh, here in a couple of years. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Been uh, playing and stuff. Just mostly sitting back and enjoying this big screen. I've been watching uh, Twin Peaks, which, you know, that series is like 30 years old, but 
it still looks really, really nice and crispy. That's awesome. That TV just sounds like I can't wait till I get my hands on a 4K TV. But like you said, I have no need for that right now, so it's like there's no. I'm not rushing out to try to get one or anything. Um, right. Re- before we get into the news, real quick, I want to say I watched. I started watching Mr. Robot. Super good. Oh, it's a show yeah. I needed to get to. I knew I was gonna like it. Like I've always known I was gonna like it. I just never got around to watching it. Once I sure. finished catching up on Walking Dead, I was like, "Well, what I need to get to now?" And I was like, "Mr. Robo is first on my list." So nice. I'm an episode into that, and I'm also an episode into the Archie uh, teen drama-ish series that came out, Riverdale. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with it. Oh yeah, the the rebootish type deal. Yeah, and it has. Like, it has a uh, Cole Sprouse in it from uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. He plays Jughead. Uh, it's it's really good so far. I'm only one episode in, but it's a lot better than I thought it was gonna be. I mean, it has a lot of the tropes of those like CW dramas. So if you like that stuff, that you know, but uh, it's cool seeing all of the nods to the Archie comic. And uh, the way this show starts off was a lot more grim and dark than I anticipated because I was kind of media blackout on that too. Not for choice, but I just didn't really see anything about it. I didn't even know the show was out until I was I wanted to watch the show, but I didn't even know that, like it was like four episodes in. I don't have cable, so it's probably part of it. But uh, I didn't see like any online advertising, so I've I've had fun with those. Um, I figured I'd let you know because I know you love Mr. Robot, so I'm an episode in. And uh, yeah, I'm I, so glad to hear. I loved Remy in Until Dawn, and I knew I was going to like him in Mr. Robot, and uh, yep, love it. So, um, As far as news goes, uh, you were talking about playing Ma- through Mass Effect 2. We have some Mass Effect Andromeda news. Uh, me and you have both been kind of media blackout, Jordan, on this. They've been releasing gameplay videos and a ton of stuff, which I'm cool for people who are excited for that stuff. I already know I'm going to love Mass Effect, so I, just, I, want, I don't want everything spoiled for me. But I saw this roll up in my sub box. It was a minute and a half video. I wanted to watch it because... Natalie Dormer is going to be in Mass Effect Andromeda, and this is huge. Woo! Uh, if, if you're not familiar, the Mass Effect trilogy had some big actors in it. They had some prominent voice actors, too. And so far for Andromeda on the IMDb and stuff, we've only known about prominent voice actors. We haven't known about any uh, actors from other mediums coming in and being in this game, which is kind of huge for Mass Effect because it's kind of one of their things. And uh, not only did we get the announcement that Natalie Dormer's in the game, uh, she's going to be playing an Asari. I'm not going to get too much into her character because I don't want to for you. Uh, Gethin Anthony, who played Renly Baratheon in Game of Thrones, is also going to be in the game. Uh, they didn't talk about what his character is or who he is, but during the video, Natalie Dormer says it was funny uh, talking and uh, talking to Gethin because it was them, uh, you know, them two outside of Game of Thrones having a discussion, which was pretty funny as well. Uh, I don't want to spoil it either, but they in the video she has a line that references Game of Thrones, which is hilarious. Um, so it's a nice little subtle hint in there when you play the game. She's uh, my cherry pie, cold drinking water, such a sweet surprise. I am so excited about this. She's, she's, she's not, she's definitely just super gorgeous, but I also think she's an underrated actress too. I don't think she's like oh yeah crazy, but I think she's a really solid actress and it's awesome to hear her. I love her voice. Um. And yeah, this is exciting news because I was I was wondering who the the big name was going to be. You know, the the original Mass Effect trilogy had like Seth Green and a couple of other people. So uh, I was like, don't this is say weird. his name. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much it for that news. Uh, the second bit of news here is pretty big as well. Irrational Games has a new name. So uh, Ghost Irrational Story... Games still exist is the news. 
Yeah, right. Uh, so basically, this is their official... They tweeted on the Irrational Games Twitter, and they said, uh, we have a new name now. Uh, we're Ghost Story Games. Read our, our, our blog talking about it. So I'm going to read that to you guys real quick. Uh, challenging stories, challenging gameplay. Ghost Story was founded by 12 former Irrational Game developers, and our mission is simple, to create immersive, story-driven games for people who love games that ask something of them. While we believe our new games will have strong appeal to fans of Bioshock, our new focus allows us to craft experiences where the gameplay is, a challenging, is as challenging as the stories are. We are not yet ready to share any more on our new game, but we invite you to join us and take part in our community. And obviously you can sign up for their newsletter and stuff like that. Um, this is really interesting because, you know, Irrational has been known to make some really solid games. Part of the Irrational team went and is now on a team working on the game Perception, which a lot of people are probably familiar with. A lot of the other people kind of stayed around that were a core team of Irrational, and now they are Ghost Story Games. I think this Part is huge. Part of the team uh, founded the Molasses Flood, as we talked about recently. Yeah, so like a lot of the Irrational guys have gone around and done some fantastic stuff so far. So yeah. it, it's interesting. This is like the core core, um, but the, everyone from that team is super talented as evident by you know everything that they've been doing perception looks amazing uh what is the full name of that flame in the flood is that the yeah, name of the, the game that they made flood. yeah that game yeah. looks really cool too i haven't had a chance to play it but obviously we've talked about it and the game looks phenomenal so i'm interested to see what they do this is an interesting title for a game developer ghost story games um i, I wonder if this lends towards them wanting to create more eerie bioshocky games uh, I hope so. Story, you think of horror stories, right, or things that make yeah. you uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what exactly their thing is there. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this? Uh, you know, rational now becoming ghost story games. I think they're playing you. I think they're making ghost story games. That's too obvious, right? I think they're going to make like a cart racer that's really fun and color, colorful or something that is not a ghost story in any sense of the imagination. They're playing you. Because that's what we want the Bioshock developers to do. We want them to make a car <laughs> racer. That's what we need yeah. most I, from them. Yeah. I'm just glad to hear that, that they're still around and doing something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was very much unclear what happened to that studio um, when things went down after Bioshock Infinite came out. It wasn't clear if they were going to continue on as irrational or change in some capacity, capacity or what. But I'm glad to hear that they are back. The name is decent. Ghost Story Games is cool. Um, I do hope that it lends to what they're going to be dealing with and the types of games they're going to be making because I think, um, you know, that's, that's what Ken Levine does best and he's going to be in charge of that studio. So, um, it seems like he wanted to do something more intimate and he was talking about doing more, um, story driven, almost kind of sounded like walking simulators maybe, but, um, maybe it's not at all. Um, so very excited to see what happens here because um, Irrational was one of my favorite studios, uh, being the developers of both Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. So, um, I unfortunately I think it's about time they should be showing off the game and not just renaming the studio because it's been quite some time since Bioshock was released in 2013 and and that happened immediately afterwards. So um, I'd really like to see some of this game, but you know I'm sure we'll see something later on this oh, year oh baby if we get if we get them if we get ken levine coming out on stage for either playstation or microsoft that would be amazing yeah. oh man i just don't i feel like you know this is gonna be small budget stuff yeah i agree but who knows if they sign a deal with somebody or something like true there's there's very few developers that like when their lead walks on stage i like 
super pay attention. You know, like the Todd yeah. Howards or stuff like that. Um, what's the the guy that works at uh, Sony Santa Monica? Corey Barlog is that his name? Yes. Did I nail that. Yeah, yeah I actually, I actually said his name right, which no one's good at, and you're not usually good with names, <laughs> so double yeah. whammy. Exactly. Uh, there's very few people that when they come out on stage, I super pay attention to. And like Ken Levine's one of the people in the industry that like, when he talks, you listen. So I I, mm-hmm. I would love to see him at E3. We might not, but it's cool to see the you know the future of Irrational Games. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, what Irrational Games is going to be doing now with Ghost Story Games, let's talk about a console that their game will probably not come to. Uh, <laughs> so Ouch. the Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch will not have Virtual Console at launch. Uh, this is reported by Jason Schreier over at Kotaku.com. Uh, that's pretty much it. The headline speaks for itself. Uh, the interesting thing here is that the guys who... I'll read this to you. Virtual Console games will not be available on Nintendo Switch at launch. The company said in a press release, we'll share more information in the future. Uh, in the same press release, Nintendo added that Fast RMX and Shovel Knight will be coming on launch date, March 3rd. And uh, they also basically, uh, you know, Jason Trier goes on to say, It's disappointing news for anyone who hoped that Nintendo's impressive slate of classics games might fill up the blanks between big Switch releases like Zelda and Mario Super, uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Given the lack of details so far on the virtual console and given Nintendo's history, it's fair to expect the worst despite our brief optimism. Uh, there was another thing people were talking about that I guess the people, the guys who are working on virtual console for uh, the Nintendo Switch are the guys who worked for, on the NES Classic. And people love the way that those games are, are able to be played through the NES Classic. And uh, this gives a lot of people optimism as to how well the games will run on Virtual Console on the new system. There's some weird wording, too, where they went and talk, Nintendo uh, talked about how with Virtual Console on the Switch, you're going to be able to pay for upgraded versions of old games you own for a lower price and stuff like that. Oh, Obviously, God. the GameCube games. Um the fact that like now your games are going to be tied to your account is really huge for Nintendo. I think it's a really awesome thing. But for that news to come out and then immediately this news to come out about Virtual Console not being at launch, that's huge. The biggest thing, so uh, this is a side argument, but like, the biggest thing with Project Scorpio is that no matter what its launch lineup is, it's backwards compatible and you'll have all of your Xbox One library, right? Yeah. The problem yeah. with the Nintendo Switch coming out is like, yeah, Zelda's awesome, don't get me wrong. Um, but the the... One of the things that you could do to combat the argument that there's nothing for Switch at launch is like, we have a virtual console, play all of our old games you already love. They don't even have that, which is tough, you know? Seriously, Dom, what the hell are you going to do with this hunk of junk after you finish Zelda? Well, I mean, this particular, like, so my take on this is, yeah, it's obviously not good. It would be better if they had this at launch, um, but we know it's coming. I think they, they desperately need it. Yeah, it would help, but for me, it's like I, I'm not wasn't gonna buy. And the only thing I'm wanting to buy on the virtual console is GameCube games, right? Um, I already bought all the virtual console games I'm gonna buy on my 3DS. Um, so <clears throat> this, you know, this isn't a huge deal to me. Um, but your question is still important because after, yeah, after Zelda, we'll see. Um, maybe Dragon Quest or I Am Setsuna, but you know, that's not. There, there will be a, a gap you know, so to speak, mid, mid this year on that console for me until uh, Mario comes out. Um, but I'm sure me and Emily will play Mario Kart a lot in that gap. But Dom, no, real I'm quick, not... to clarify. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is even if they came out and said virtual console is available 
but GameCube Virtual Console won't be available. It, this is the same thing to you, right? It wouldn't matter either way because the only thing that matters right. to you is the GameCube thing. So if they came out and said yeah. Virtual Console is available, but the GameCube stuff isn't yet, it still wouldn't matter to you. It's like that, you know, that's and not important to me. So everyone who is complaining about this and wants this, I guess they either bought the NES Classic or they've already bought a bunch of Virtual Console games on their Wii and their or their 3DS. So they would have complained about having to buy their games again on Switch, if, assuming that was, that's the approach Nintendo takes. With well, it would have been oh, a valid likely. complaint. But. Well, yeah, abs- absolutely. But I, they are, you already have the, you've already bought these games five times. So I wouldn't get too upset that you'd have to wait a, little, a couple more months, hopefully, maybe, hopefully not longer, to buy them for a sixth time, right? I don't think it's a huge deal. It's not a good thing, though. And it's just another thing that, whether it's a big deal or not, the optics of it are bad, right? It could be perfectly acceptable and excusable, but if everyone says it's bad, then that means it's bad, regardless of the truth of well, it. Well, it's right? just bad because there aren't. A, it's that was really going in my mind. I was thinking, well, at least you know, you, Dom, or or, or just people that are getting the switch, at least they'll have you know these these fun sized Snickers to munch on in between their meals, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's not even going to be there because the meals are already going to be few and far between. And so you kind of need those snacks, but it's just, uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm worried, man. I'm just real, just getting more and more worried about this switch, man. I just, I don't, I don't think anyone, you know, this is going to be their only primary console. So I, I don't see it as a huge deal that there's a softer lineup. Cause even the Wii, that's what it needs to success, be though. I think it needs to be a console that could be someone's primary. I don't know because console. even I just look back to the the Wii having such huge success, and it was I don't I doubt it was many people's primary console. And if it was, they played Wii Sports and then never turned it back on. They they never you know, really played a people. lot of games to begin with. Yeah, right. But the people who played a lot of games on Wii also had a 360 or a PS3. I would guess the majority. So, the weird thing to me is that. If I was running Nintendo, it'd be sort of for me to launch with Mario over Zelda. Not that it's a better game or anything, but Mario sells better than Zelda does, right? It's kind of statistically, that's yeah. well known. To me, it seems like the more and more we hear about this, of like virtual console not being ready and all of this stuff, it seems like instead of the Switch coming out this fall, they they had to release it earlier so that way they wouldn't have to e- either delay Zelda or make it so Zelda comes out for Wii U and then later comes out for Switch, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? That's what it yeah, seems I like. It seems like, like they could they didn't want to they didn't want to delay Zelda again because people would be pissed. Cause it really as we hear about this more and more, it seems like the Switch was more prompted to like come out this fall, you know? With everything that we're hearing about like Mario not coming till this fall and virtual console not happening right away. It's like makes it a seems lot of like, sense. It seemed like they had to be like, Oh no, we have to release the Switch when Zelda comes out and then we're just gonna have to take a bullet for it because we don't wanna have it come out on Wii U and then not have to be able to have people justify the purchase of it on the Switch, you know. So it's 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 weird to me, uh, as this stuff is happening. But yeah, like you said, whether it's as bad as we think it is, it looks bad. So that's, right. yeah, that's all that matters really. And the, um, and the bad things, frankly, are piling up at this point. Exactly. So yeah. I guess, and I'm not trying to make this sound more dire than it is, but when you buy this console on day one, you're going to have Zelda, and that's going to be your only game that you own yeah. for it until probably Mario Kart? Or... Yeah, Mario Kart is sometime in April. The thing is, is that I think they have some really cool launch lineup titles, but it's all about if you're interested in them. For me, so say for instance, I pre-ordered a, a Switch and I got Zelda, right? 
having Shovel Knight is awesome too, but I've already beat Shovel Knight. So what people are you selling Shovel Knight to that haven't already played it? But it's new yeah. DLC, so that's a reason to buy it. But it's like Zelda is the only experience that is like quote unquote mainstream enough, even though Zelda's not even really that mainstream. Um, Arms seems like a really cool game, but that's not going to move units. A lot of people aren't going to be interested in that. Uh, One Two Switch, as we've said a hundred times, that should be a packing game. I think that's a fun experience to have to show people what the Switch can do. People aren't going to pay forty bucks for it or whatever they marked it down to. It was originally quoted as sixty, and then they're like, no, 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 it's not sixty because we realize you guys hate that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's weird because you're gonna you're gonna beat Zelda, dumb. And then you're going to keep it on the shelf, and it's going to collect dust. And then Mario Kart comes on, and you're going to play that a bunch. And then once you guys get burned out and not, it's going to go back on the shelf. Oh, and then and then yeah. Mario came out, you know, which is fine for you because you, you've already – That's what I want out of it. Exactly. But that's not – that's not what everybody wants. So it's going to be weird to see how that works but out. Yeah. It is I portable think... though, so that's the kicker. So that's what that's why it won't get as much, you know, dust settling on it because it fills a need that, you know, there's not much more on the Vita and 3DS I want to play. Right, and I have way more time to commit to a portable uh, system than uh, an at-home one. Right, so that'll be what I go to, even if it's you know playing more Mario Kart and playing through Zelda a second or third time. It's more that's you know when I can't play the PS4, that's when. It, also, it is, if right? you if you buy the season pass, you can play through it a second time in your Switch shirt. That's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> or think... in in reality, in the hard mode. But yeah, I like what you did there. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh... You know, for people like us, Dom, that are more, you know, hardcore gamers, I guess, I'll probably personally end up getting one uh, later on the summer, maybe early fall before Mario comes out. Um, but, you know, really, it's it's 300 bucks for uh, someone who spends a decent amount of their money on video games. That's not terrible. You know, that's not too bad. And um, you, you uh. do have to factor in the cost of the, you know... <laughs> skyrocketing accessories and the yeah. fucking storage that you're going to have to buy, um, you know, with SD cards and all that. But, um, you know, the starting price is not terrible. And so um, even if I did wait until, I don't know, August and got um, the system with Mario Kart and maybe Smash if it had come out and Zelda, and then I was waiting for Mario, I'd probably still be okay with it because it's not a $500 system that I'm, you know, banking on being able to play these huge triple a games on yeah i i think uh nintendo has a, an interesting battle to play and we'll see but there's we had to strike another negative in the uh in the sheet of all the positives and negatives we had to write another negative down so we'll see what happens obviously everyone's excited for zelda everyone's getting their switches early which i've seen a bunch of unboxings and stuff like that so it seems like people are excited about it, it seems like a, a a good piece of hardware they just need to be able to back it up with software that people care about reliably for uh, a decent amount of time. Um, so let's get into the topics. My topic's a little weird. Uh, so we've talked about esports before and the proliferation of their popularity and the kind of money that goes into them and the prize pots and stuff like that. What I want about uh, what I want to talk about today is all of us are familiar with obviously uh, American sports leagues, the NBA, the NFL, NHL. Um, most Americans aren't familiar with NHL because not a lot of Americans like hockey. But uh, easy, easy there. <laughs> um, you know, at least the NHL got mentioned as opposed to the MLB, which just got pooped upon. Yeah, good point. Uh, anyways, so the, the big thing about those sports is that you know these big American cities have teams, 
and people cheer for them. Um, you know, people from those cities or from other places, but the fact is that there's a central location where you can cheer for people. The big interesting weird thing with esports is that they're not tied to places necessarily, they're tied to these organizations. Uh, there's Noble, uh, there's Enemy, there's uh, Cloud9, all these organizations that have these names that are like cool and interesting and weird and obscure and all that kind of stuff. My question to you guys is, do you think that esports will ever reach the point where we have an American esports league? Where we have, for instance, um, the Chicago Rogues, and underneath that blanket you have their professional League of Legends team, their Overwatch team, their Dota team, and they all play under that blanket of the Chicago Rogues. Uh, and you have people cheering for these regional teams, and they're not organizations anymore. They're they are organizations, but they're not weird names. They're actually tied to cities and stuff, where a lot of sense of pride comes to um, these teams. And it might also help with the gaining of popularity because once people see that these are quote unquote legitimized by being tied to cities, you know, um, I think it could lend itself to the exponential growth of esports. So I just wanted to hear your guys' opinions. Like, would you guys want this to happen? Would you guys like it to happen? Do you think it could happen? I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on the whole subject. I think in order for it to evolve into a more mainstream, uh, almost product, like you're describing it, where you know people are buying memorabilia and wearing jerseys and all that kind of stuff and really repping their squad or their city team, I think it's going to... Uh, take more than just guys with controllers in their hands. I think it's going to be uh, later on down the road once you have like VR style gladiator tournaments and stuff like that going on where um, actual people athletes. can get more into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, they don't even necessarily have to be actual athletes. They could just be in a VR rig, but the uh, projection that people are seeing throughout the stadium is, you know, something that almost looks akin to smite with like gods fighting or something, you know, and, and it would be more interesting that way and, um, more fun to go to the game and be a lot easier to get into. Um, but yeah, just the way it is now, um, watching people play video games can only get so fun. And so I don't think it'll ever be, um, that big until it changes. Yeah. I kind of see where you're coming from with that. Um, it's, it's, it, it's an interesting road because it's something we don't necessarily like, we have no, um, example to kind of, you know, one-to-one, -one, uh, reference yeah. to. So it's like, we don't right. know what's going to happen. Uh, you're a huge sports guy too, Dom. Do you think this has like a legitimate chance of happening? Like, are you a Jordan that it needs to be something on top of this as well? What, what do you think are the chances? Well, the, the biggest obstacle is... So yeah, like you said, I'm a big sports guy. So you think you know, well, and I love video games. So you know, I should be into esports, right? And like, not in the slightest, because the games that they're playing, I couldn't have less interest in, right? Because um, I love single player games for the most part. I don't care about Overwatch, or I don't even know what other. Definitely don't care about uh, the MOBAs they play and that kind of stuff. So yeah, know, but even if they're playing Dark Souls, would you care? You know, if they're playing competitive right. Dark Souls. Well, that's harder to do in a competitive. You know, the games I like are not necessarily you know they wouldn't lend well to a competitive league i guess some 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 of them would like you could work something in with dark souls pvp and that could be interesting well, but, not even pvp so, would you watch a 1v1 speed run like what if guy from team a and team b start at the uh, same time and it's a speed run but you have no interest in speed runs either right so it's just a you have no interest in watching other people play video games yeah i guess the the core point of it is that like you know, sports are sports, and you you like you know one of the four main sports here. But there's more than there's just 
too many gamers that don't like the competitive type games, I guess. Um, sports are sports. The one, the one yeah. advantage, you know, the one thing going forward that's going to make that more this more possible, though, is that we've got to remember the generations here. So just now, like people five, maybe 10 years older than uh, the three of us are the first generations of gamers who started gaming as a kid, right? So now that we're the adults in the world, we're starting to see more esports, and that's only going to grow in that regard, right? Because our parents um, and their parents, you know, look at video games like, what the hell is this? This is garbage and a waste of time, right? And obviously, as time passes, generations are going to view them differently, and that's going to help that out a little bit. Um, but I think that the, the selection is tough because, like, there's not four different types of esports for me to choose from that are different enough than hockey is different enough from basketball and football, right? That's a good like, point. Well, that's to, that's to you because you're not interested in it. Yeah. I mean, Call of Duty and Dota. Call of Duty and Dota are vastly different, yeah. Yeah. Like, I watch, okay. I watch, right. Overwatch, I watch Overwatch esports and I watch Smite esports. Not all the time. I don't keep up with them as much as football because I don't have, like, those ties to football or other sports. But I do watch them and they are different and they are entertaining because it's it's the same reason you watch football. You can go and watch a high school football game, but you want to watch the NFL because those are the best people in the world playing that sport, right? Right. And uh, if you have a love for that game enough, and I think that's part of it too, is that you're you're not super into competitive games. For me, I love competitive games. I play Overwatch all the time. I play Smite all the time. So knowing that I'm decent at the game, I want to watch people who are really good. You know. So. Okay, I got it. No, I, I have the crux of it. I j- it just came to my head. So... Like, I love hockey. I've been watching hockey and playing hockey since I was, like, four or five years old, right, my whole life. There's never really been a game that has, you know, held the test of time for that many years. That's the core difference, right? So there's not as much connection to specific games as there are to sports because, you know, baseball has been around forever. So there's so many more people with such a bigger connection to baseball than Overwatch, which is going to be huge for maybe five or ten years or whatever, and then there's going to be something else, right? Yeah. Also, the thing too is that you didn't grow up playing Overwatch with your family. You grew up playing that baseball or hockey yeah. with your family. Yeah. So there's that exactly. emotional connection of you being younger and growing up with the sport, which that could possibly be a thing now of kids growing up with their parents watching esports together and they don't care about any yep. NFL or NBA or MLB and they care about esports. So it's and the money's there. The most important thing is that the money's in esports. If yeah. there wasn't money, this would never happen. The fact is, is that the prize pools are becoming larger and larger, and the millions and millions. And these guys are becoming millionaires by the time they're twenty-one. Like big businesses are going to want to get involved because there's money involved, you know. So something's going to happen to kind of quote unquote legitimize or make esports a bigger thing. I, I'm just I think it'd be to me whether or not esports becomes huge or not. I think it's cooler to cheer for the Chicago rogues than it is to cheer for noble esports. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We, we got it. We kind of strayed off your topic there, but going back to that, I agree with you completely. If there was like a Detroit team, you know, of overwatch, then I'd be, that'd be that much more uh, likely to watch. That. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you have like a, you know, a marketing team and like a production team and stuff like that, making like really cool gear, you might not follow every overwatch game or every this or every that, but if their logo is cool and stuff, it says Detroit on the front or Michigan, you want to rep where you're from and you like that. So if it's a cool enough design, though, you might not be a diehard fan. You might want to still wear it. You know, you might not catch every Michigan Wolverines game, not you specifically, because obviously I know you watch every game, but there's people who like the wearing the gear where they're from, even though they don't necessarily uh, fully support the sports, right? How about this? Maybe this is the entry. College esports, right? Think about it. 
That's already kind of a thing. That's, There's that's a... what. That's exactly what esports are because most of the players are college age. Well, but college sponsored, right? So yeah, you like would get a scholarship Auburn, to yeah. exactly. Yeah. That'd be super interesting if, like, you know, Auburn has a Dota team and like USC yeah. and all these guys. And you could get a Dota scholarship. Are you kidding me? But then I mean, we're also having this huge issue with college athletes getting paid and stuff like that, which we can go in a whole other conversation. Yeah, on different don't podcasts. even get me started like, on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think catch us really next cool. week on Sports Talk. Uh, yeah. Jordan, if where you're from uh, had a had an esports team to cheer for, maybe not even cheer for, but they had merch. Would you be interested in like at least taking a glance at the team? Does that interest you more than nah, enemy esports you probably, and stuff like that? You probably couldn't pay me to watch that shit, dude. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, like, like it's cool and all, but uh, yeah, it's it's not a thing for me. The only time I ever watch a let's play is if I'm really into the people playing it, and or if I'm trying to find information about a game that um, just a regular trailer wouldn't tell me. Um, hmm, and besides that, besides that, I've never watched anything esports related. I I couldn't imagine myself doing that. Like. It's just not the way I do things as far as how I interact with uh, the gaming industry, um, and that's it's not it's not enjoyable for me. So um, yeah, I mean, I obviously if you paid me, I'd fucking watch the shit. But uh, you know, also I'm just not. Uh, I have I've kind of my own personal uh, thing about uh, competition and the way it uh, pits human humanity against itself, um, and that's a whole you know other boat to go down but uh but yeah that's that kind of stews into why i like single player games so much and why i like cooperative stuff so much but yeah well like the we can get off this and go to the next topic but real quick like i really wish let's plays were around when i was younger for the simple fact that i grew up in a very low-income household i could not play or afford many games at all and to be able to get online and watch somebody else play through a game that I enjoy their personality and see a game because I'll never be able to play it because I can't afford to get that game. That's huge. Yeah. I think that's why Let's Plays are so huge. Yeah. Um, I bet and I think it's, it's great all for kids growing up now. Yeah, I think it's all yeah, perspective. Because so. there's tons of games that you want to experience but you don't necessarily want to buy or play all the way through or um, you know, just have to deal with all that stuff for. You kind of just want to hop in and hop out. And So, yeah, I totally... Um, would have liked to had that, especially back when I was a kid. Um, even, you know, I just didn't have much money myself. And so, um, you know, it was hard to buy games as a kid. So it's like, that is probably an awesome feature of today's childhood. Yeah. And the cool thing too, with esports is it doesn't need everybody to enjoy it. There's plenty of people who don't give two shits about sports and the NFL and all of these sports leagues make tons and tons of money. So it'll find its audience. It already has, obviously. Uh, the next topic, though, uh, Dom, what do you have for us? Ah, so we're going to start a topic that might get a little heated. Might, we might get a little fanboy here. Hey, Dom, why don't you go fuck yourself while you're at it? Exactly. So um, Horizon Zero Dawn reviews came out recently. Most people tend to really love it. Um, before that, Neo had come out. Most people seem to really like that one, too. Uh, both Sony exclusives. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks after Microsoft uh, announced that Scalebound was canceled, one of their exclusives. So just kind of the recent news and the recent events led uh, Jason Schreier, whom I admire very much. He does a lot of good work. Yeah, I to, like him too, a lot. Yeah, he threw out a few, I'd say, polarizing tweets. 
Uh, How's it feel over there, Jared? Sucking your thumb, waiting on Halo Wars 2. Uh, I would call it bait. That's what I would call it. <laughs> well, let me read what you said, cause, or what he said, rather, what he tweeted. Um, I think more than anything, he's just trying to be a personality and trying to get attention to him. So he's being a Colin Cowherd, so to speak, right now with you know a strong opinion. So here's what he said. Uh, Microsoft clearly can't compete with Sony on exclusives. They should take the living room PC approach with Scorpio, succeed where Valve failed. That's the first tweet. The second one, the past two years have really put an end to any PS4 versus Xbox One debate. Not really a fair fight anymore. Scorpio needs to do something totally new. So, so let's break I it down. I want to make a real big distinction right there. PS4 versus Xbox One, not PlayStation versus Xbox or yep. Microsoft versus Sony. He is making the distinction of the generation, which is important. Yep. Yep. So he's not speaking to a, a bigger picture here. He's um, not saying that Microsoft can't compete with Sony. He's not saying that Xbox yep. can't compete with PlayStation. He's just saying that they've lost this generation, and so Scorpio has to uh, try something new in order to um, be able to even you know gain relevance in the, the gaming industry today. And, and I know that uh, Xbox isn't just irrelevant. Xbox One isn't irrelevant, but... Um, it is definitely a landslide. And you could break it down even further than that because he does point out specifically PS4 versus Xbox One. You know, with Scorpio might not be, you know, it might not hold the Xbox One uh, moniker next to it, right? They could kind of yeah. pivot away from that completely, which I think that's, he's kind of acknowledging that too. Um, then the next thing I want to point out, I don't have it right in front of me. Um, uh, I've kind of forgot about this, but Phil Spencer did reply to Jason Schreier um, kind of sharing he said suck these nuts <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he said no of course not um, I don't have it right in front of me but I, I the gist of it was Phil said back interesting comments uh, you know Xbox One is doing really great uh, we love our console you know and we have some great stuff in the pipeline something along those lines right not you know directly combating back uh, sounds about right and and I agree 100% uh, with what Phil said because in a in a vacuum, Xbox One is doing extremely well. Like, if you would have asked Microsoft, you know, what their projections were for Xbox One before it had launched, they're probably exceeding that because Xbox One has exceeded what Xbox 360 did in the same amount of time. So, yeah, when you stack it against Sony, it's not doing that great. But that's not the end-all, be-all, let alone, you know, just because Sony might have the better exclusives, which there's a big subjective piece to it, but I think largely he's right on that just by like volume and quality of exclusives right now. I think, you know, Sony's doing way better, but if you, well, and if you and wanted Gears, to, more than if anything, you wanted to make it yeah. more of an objective thing, you could, um, you know, just look at the Metacritic scores. You could do some averages. And that's why I say like by overall volume and quality, I think yeah. you know, Sony has more, but again, that's not necessarily that doesn't make it better because, you know, if, if, you, if you're a person who loves Halo and Gears more than any of Sony's exclusives, then obviously Xbox exclusives are better for you. So there's still an obje- a, a subjective piece to it that's important. And exclusives aren't going to kill a system necessarily, right? Think if Microsoft had the option to spend uh, $10 million to get some extra marketing from Battlefield 1, right? Catered around, you know, their platform. Or they could spend that $10 million and go make an exclusive game. That's a tough choice, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I just wanted to say, you know, if we look at these two tweets, and I know that they were right next to each other, but if we kind of pretend that they weren't, 
the the tweets really are talking about two so totally separate things. Um, would you go go ahead and just read through them again and distinctify the separation, Dom? Distinctify, I like it. And now I'm just realizing I read them in the wrong order, but oh, either way. So the first one, in actuality, says, The past two years have really put an end to any PS4 versus Xbox One debate. Not really a fair fight anymore. Scorpio needs to do something totally new. Microsoft clearly can't compete with Sony on exclusives. They should take the living room PC approach with Scorpio. Succeed where Valve failed. Referencing yeah, the Steam and boxes. so I think those are are kind of like separate in a lot of ways. You know, the the one about the exclusivity is, um, you know, he's right about that, and I think that that's um, pretty much obvious. And then the other one he's talking about, um, you know, winning the console war and who's selling the most consoles. And so which I is think not real, are, by the way. Well, no, but you know that Microsoft wants to sell more Xboxes than Sony sells PlayStation and vice versa at the end of the day. So I think he's talking about kind of two separate subjects within the two different tweets. So uh, it's almost like, um, you know, the fact that um, Sony beats out Microsoft on exclusive, personally, I feel like Sony had the better list of exclusives on the PS3 generation compared to Xbox 360. Right. But it didn't but exactly that, but, serve them well. Right. So those yeah. aren't necessarily connected. The fact that, uh, you know, PlayStation 4 is is really kind of trouncing Xbox One this generation. Yes, it, Sony does have the better, better stable of first-party studios and does have the better lineup of exclusives, but that really has nothing to do with the, who's, you know, selling well, the most consoles this you know, year. The, the main thing is, it doesn't come down to exclusives. You know what hurt the PlayStation 3? Messaging. You know what hurt the Xbox One? Messaging. That's what killed both of those consoles. Obviously, PS3 was able to gain ground at the end of that generation, but, like, those were the main issues. When he says that, like, Xbox uh, Scorpio needs to do something different, I don't necessarily think that the 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 reason that the, if any if anybody could make the living room PC work, it was Steam. And they did, they couldn't make it work. I don't know, man. I would say, excuse me, I would say if anybody can make the PC living room thing work, it'd be Microsoft. That's exactly but, who I would think of. But see, coming from a person who plays Xbox, that's not what I want for my console. Like, I understand they have the Play Anywhere, but it's a, it's a, I think the same reason could be said if people heard that PlayStation was going to be a, a, a living room PC. That's not what console gamers want. You can play Xbox games on your PC. Not everybody who wants to own a console wants to own a PC. That's not necessarily how things work. Or even if they do own a PC, it doesn't necessarily mean that they want to play on their PC. I think a so, big thing, a big thing too, having to do with messaging is like, obviously we can't go back in time and it is what it is. That 2013 announcement of the Xbox One killed the Xbox. It killed it dead in the water. Sure. Phil Spencer's come out and turned around as best as he can. A really interesting and it really bothers me that, you know, um, PlayStation doesn't release PS4 Pro specific numbers and Xbox doesn't release numbers at all. I would really be interested to see what the PS4 Pro versus Xbox One S numbers are. I think those are a lot closer than obviously anything. And um, obviously if it was just base PS4s and Xbox Ones, that's a huge gap. But as far as since Phil Spencer's been around, they've been turning around the ship, I'd be interested to see what those specific numbers were. Uh, just from being a numbers guy. And, I mean, yes, Xbox has quote, has lost this generation. As, you know, like you said, you said it perfectly. It's PS4 versus Xbox One. Not Xbox versus Sony. It's not real, though. There's nothing yeah. to lose. It's not, it's what is? Because they're, they're companies, and when, you, when you're when you in this kind of place, 
Jordan said it right. You want to have more consoles in the market than your opponent because that means you sell better hardware, uh, software. Maybe you're not directly competing, but you do want to sell more consoles than they do because that means that more people have your console, more people buy your software, you earn more money. That's basically I, how it is. Yeah, there's a loose connection there, but I think it's more a correlation and not a causation. I mean, I just don't think I don't that's the end all I be all, and that's Sony what they're looking for. I, I think the you know PlayStation and my uh, Xbox divisions respectively at those two companies really want to beat the shit out of the other company. Just like I think, you know, Coke wants to sell more than Pepsi. Away, like those people really do, and that company really does want to sell more. And and McDonald's wants to sell more burgers and Burger King. And like that's that's kind of what part of their business is. And the interesting thing too that gets lost in the weeds is it's funny that. PlayStation 4 is dominating Xbox One the way it is, considering Xbox One had one of the best announcements in this generation of backwards compatibility. That was huge, right? One of the best things for gamers, for the consumer. And PlayStation had one of the worst things in a console generation in No Man's Sky. It's probably one of the biggest flops, you know? The way that so, thing was paraded around and everything. And the point. those two things are two huge things in opposite directions, but then when you look at the sales numbers, it's complete opposite of that, you know? Dom, you have to remember when saying that the console war doesn't matter, human beings are petty for one thing. And <laughs> just to just to kind of like uh, make this whole f- thing full circle, I used to work at GameStop and we were in the same parking lot as a Best Buy in this strip mall. And one time my manager showed me one of the uh, pins on his name tag and it was like, a, it looked like those army uh, arrows that point up, you know, on the, on the, arm patch it's got like three uh arrows pointing up and then it had uh it had mario underneath it and it said the 400 i was like what is that he's like oh well this is uh the 400 gamestop stores that are in parking lots the same as best buy and i'm like what the hell are you talking about he's like yeah this is a thing this is like we're like a coalition or whatever of gamestop stores but jesus christ who the hell cares man it's like well, and they're not even, you know, that's apples to orange. Like, GameStop and Best Buy are vastly different stores, but they still sell electronics, and they still are competitors, even if not totally direct competitors, and so they still have that that fighting edge. And I'm sure Best Buy could give a fuck, but, like... Exactly. You know, GameStop's got that, that 400 team. Right. The year one manager took a huge point of pride, like, you know, we're beating them, like, all these 400, like, what good is that metric when you're GameStop right now and you're about to go under any day? And Best Buy, actually, probably is not no, doing I'm, as I'm, great I'm as they used to No, I'm not saying it but... matters. I'm just saying it's important to people. Not that it know. matters, but it is yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, it is a thing. It is it's a thing, a thing in exists. heads. It's a thing in our minds. You know what I mean? It's an Which influences the business's decisions of, you know, yeah. human beings. Just to, to close out this subject, the biggest thing I want to say is I've seen tons of people saying that and a lot of these are Sony fanboys and PlayStation fanboys are saying that they can't wait for, you know, Xbox to disappear from the console scene. Not because nah, well, nah. So even if it did happen, that shouldn't be what you want as somebody who loves PlayStation because... The bad thing. Yeah, because competition is best for the consumer. If PlayStation's the only person in the console market... Your games are going to cost 200 bucks a piece. <laughs> They could do whatever they want with no ramifications because they have no competition. The best thing for PlayStation gamers is that Xbox comes back with Project Scorpio and swings hard because guess what? If they come out of the gates and everything's great, that means that PlayStation has to push that much harder to make you guys believe in the next iteration of PlayStation or just not even just the next console but moving forward. Like 
them bouncing back and forth like that is best for us, you know? <laughs> them competing yeah, with yeah. one another is best for us. If one of them leaves, that's bad. That's not good. And all these people uh, say that sharpens iron. Yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. One last tidbit on, you know, this console war is there is a big deal and something that's different than any previous console war, and that's, you know, how many digital games we've been buying. As the amount of digital games goes up, that's a stronger connection you have to your console because you're all those games you own are tied to that account. So you're more good, likely to stay point. within that, which hasn't happened in previous consoles, right? It was easy for me to switch to PS4 from 360 because yeah. I had no digital games that were going to carry over. Even if they don't come with you, you know, your account stays with you, your trophies stay with you. Sure. And presumably going forward, PS5 is backwards compatible, etc. So Fuck just another it's thing. Not. I mean, by this point, you would have hoped that you could change your username. We don't yeah, know. You would think. God. <laughs> don't jinx it. Also... I'm going to take my own little tidbit here. You said this discussion was going to be heated. It wasn't nearly hot enough. Jared, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, earlier in the show, you were talking about getting a brand new crispy television. You have a PS4 Pro now. And uh, you guys want to have a discussion about this. I don't have a PS4 Pro, obviously. So I am not going to be too much of help in this conversation. I'll interject when I can say something. But I just want to hear you guys go back and forth about your impressions with it because... This is another thing going back to the fanboy thing. Like, PS4 Pro is cool because I get to hear from you guys what you like and what you don't like and what's awesome about it. Because what I'm thinking is Project Scorpio is that, obviously, but stronger though, right? So for me, hearing what PS4 Pro is gets me excited for the future of Xbox because that's what they're trying to compete against now. So I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. So go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. So um, I want to go ahead and just kind of air out my grievances here, I think. Um, this is totally a half-assed step. I think I'm uh, very, still very excited for the Scorpio because I think that's going to be the true 4K machine. Uh, one of my big gripes with the PS4 Pro uh, is the fact that it doesn't run true 4K. It runs uh, 38-something by 20, 2160p, which is just yeah. under 4,000. Some some games are like fourteen forty and some are eighteen hundred. It just depends, yeah, which is even right? lower resolution. But yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, twenty one sixty p by thirty eight uh, whatever is still a little bit low below true four k. And I know I'm being bitchy there, but um, that goes into this whole issue we've got now. How TV companies are calling their TVs four uh, k when really they're just ultra HD TVs. And they're getting away with it, and it's obviously false advertising, but there's just a whole thing going on about that. And so, yeah, it's, you know, touted as a 4K machine when it's kind of not. Um, But it is nice to have these uh, upgraded resolutions either way. Um, My other thing is, or I guess my other things, I've talked a lot about how ugly I think the machine is, and uh, seeing it now in person sitting next to that fucking VCR they call an Xbox One, um, it's still not that much better looking out of the box. It's still pretty ugly. Um, And I've got skins on the way, so um, I'm sure they'll announce... I've got a white skin on the way. Uh, I'm sure they'll announce a white PS4 Pro as soon as I put that on. You should get a hamburger skin. That'd be great. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the the custom-painted retro PS4 Pro? Yeah, oh, I've yeah. seen they have the PS1. Oh, my God. Those look cool, but uh, I think what I'm going to do, because I had that red faceplate on my regular PS4, which I wish I could still use the faceplate, but uh, I'm going to do a similar thing where I, I 
I bought both a red and white skin, so it's going to have uh, red, and I think I'm going to do, like, uh, you know, it's got three sandwich layers, and so I think the top two will be white, and then the bottom uh, ring will be red. And so that'll kind of uh, match the template that I had on my original white PS4. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just not a pretty machine, and I'm just so used to buying, I love Sony products, and I'm I'm just not used to buying ugly Sony products. It it really hasn't been a thing up until this uh, specific one itself. So there's that. Um, there's the fact that there isn't a whole lot going on uh, right now that is special or upgraded from the regular PS4. There's not a whole lot um, that is, you know, really a lot of bells and whistles that are um, keeping me super excited um, of course, Horizon's supposed to be great, and I'm sure that it's going to, as soon as I start playing that game, um, I'm going to really feel like I'm getting my bang for my buck, but, um, yeah, it, it's kind of weird how few games actually went back and patched, um, or got patches, um, I thought that there would be more, like, Star Wars Battlefront, I was like, really, is there not enough people playing that game, you know, just games like that, that really could, uh, benefit from that, crispiness and and that stuff it sucks that there aren't more games of course all the awesome games that we're going to be getting this year are going to be uh incorporating it um mass effect and persona and uh you know kingdom hearts 1.5 2.5 is going to be 4k at t uh 60 i think they announced the other day so uh moving forward it'll be great and i'm glad to have it to kind of future proof myself but um, yeah, it, it sucks that there isn't, uh, more right out of the gate. Um, besides that, I tried just taking out my two terabyte hard drive from my old PlayStation 4, plugging it into this one, and then, uh, booting up the firmware from a USB stick, but of course, that would have been too easy, so I had to reformat my hard drive and, uh, re-download everything. It wasn't a huge deal because of the fact that I have unlimited internet, so it wasn't like I was... Uh, getting charged for bandwidth, but, um, yeah, I think, how is that not a thing? How was I not able to, you know, be a PS4 owner, accrue all these, accrue all these things on my hard drive, upgrade to the PS4 Pro, and then just plug and play? I really don't know why it needed to reformat itself. Um, I can, especially I can tell since the, I there's can nothing tell different about, like, the, uh, the UI is not different. It's not like it's, you know, plugging itself into a new system. It's like, uh, the, the all the systems in place are r literally the same. So now it, it it seems like you're right. Like it feels like there's no good reason, and there isn't a good reason that they could ever explain to a consumer. But it's just it's probably it's something that they couldn't you know easily overcome. And there's when you're changing systems, you're changing uh, motherboards. That's a tough thing to just put in the new hard drive and uh, the old hard drive, I guess, and keep going like nothing happened. It, there's more to it than that. Is all I'll say, but but you're right. From our point of view, that doesn't matter. I get that, and, and you know your explanation there would be perfect if we were talking about me upgrading PCs. Yeah. But this is console <laughs> gaming, and it's supposed to be simple. You know that should have been uh, a priority of theirs because um, that's who this that's who PS4 Pro was for was for people that had already bought the PS4, but then they're like, yeah, I'm gonna be getting a 4K TV. Um, you know, Horizon's coming out, all this shit, like, I want to go ahead and get this Pro, I'm going to upgrade and, uh, you know, probably sell it to GameStop like I did, my old system, 
And so it's like, how, how was that not a priority? How were you not, you know, just like I was saying, how were you not selling Sony 4K TVs alongside this, you know, at your press conference and in bundles and stuff? Like, they just didn't tie all their rows together and it would have been really nice to just kind of, you know, walk yeah. in and have everything set up for me. Yeah, a while back, Best Buy was doing some bundles, but I think, you know, Best Buy was on who actually did that bundle, right? And they were doing it with, like, Samsung TVs or something. Yeah, you're right. Sony should have taken... I mean, they sell 4K TVs, and they sell a, a, a quotation 4K console. There's, you know, have the arm talk to the leg and, like, fucking help your overall corporation here. But they didn't. Yeah, so those are my, my big complaints with it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Dom? What do you... What do you feel? I feel like you probably haven't gotten a whole lot of uh, oomph out of it. Plus, you, I guess, don't have a 4K TV. So, really, it's just performance boosts and stuff, which that's my biggest thing, man, is, like, people are saying it's ta it's making some games perform worse, you know, and, and this boost mode just now coming around, they're saying you can't even change the resolutions because it's already set at what it is, so it can't heighten that but it can heighten your frame rate i'm just i'm hoping that so, that is a big because that could be a big in, uh incentive for people to actually want this system yeah and the problem was that that should have been there at launch the boost mode Absolutely. is actually a huge deal it's really cool um yeah because up till now i've not really been able to see any of the benefits there are a few games that put in some features for 1080p tv owners to increase the frame rate and or, you know whatever it is add texture sort of stuff but, you know, only a handful that actually went and did that because you had to go back and make a patch and so on. Yeah, but yeah. what I had assumed when I first got this is that they're, they were going to find a way to basically uh, what the boost mode is. Basically, I re remember playing Fallout 4 on PS4 and, you know, it's advertised as, you know, 30 frames per second. You know, that's what they, they're shooting for. You know, a lot of the time it drops down to like 20, sometimes even 15 when there's a lot of stuff on the screen. So the boost mode, you know, Basically, just make sure that doesn't happen. And it's easy to just use that extra horsepower to keep it up to where it's supposed to be and locked because, you know, a locked frame rate can only stay locked when the hardware lets it, right? Yeah. So th that's something that's really cool, but it should have been there from the start. Um, but when I get uh, hopefully a new TV, uh, hopefully shortly here, I'll really start to see the benefits. And what will be especially exciting is you don't really see the benefits um, when you didn't see what it was like before, if that makes sense. So so if you're going to start Horizon on a 4K TV, whereas, I mean, you're obviously going to think it looks good, but whereas I'll start it on a 1080p TV and then hopefully halfway through switch to a 4K TV and then I'll be able to like, oh, okay, I see. Like, right. I'll be able to do that comparison immediately in my head. Shouldn't have to do that really to get the full benefit of it, but it... it you just think it looks good, but everything looks better when it's next to something that's worse, I suppose. So it's it's a hard thing to sell, really, in that um, sense. Before we close out, I have one question for you guys. Is it loud? Oh, that's what else I was going to say? Mine's quieter than my old PS4 by a long shot. Yeah. I was actually, you know, people make all these jokes about, oh, my PS4 sounds like a helicopter. Mine sounds <laughs> like a jet plane or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, chill out, dude. It doesn't sound that bad. Like, go back old one and did. listen to those old 360s, man. That's a fucking jet plane right there. That's, that is true. Um, My 360 was loud, too. That's a loud console, the original 360s. Um, sorry, Jared, what? 
No, I was going to say that uh, my uh, my 360 used to be loud too, but I had that thing for, well, I had multiple 360s, but the one that I had last. The intercooler? Uh, it was it was uh, loud. My PS3 was loud too for some reason. I didn't even play it that much. You guys have heard I own like three games on it, but for some reason that thing was super loud. And my Xbox One doesn't always do it, but sometimes when I start up a, a game, and it's random, it's not like every game I start up, sometimes it'll be I'm like, is a jet plane landing outside? What is that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was just interested to see if this big beef boy was loud. So. So yeah, my my PS4 was just started to get a little bit louder, and so I was uh, thinking about, you know, taking it apart and cleaning out all the fans and everything, taking a few hours. But uh, I'm glad that I didn't because I just you know went ahead and got this new console and sold the old one to GameStop, and it works perfectly fine. So. Um, I'm glad I didn't do that, but it was it was just starting to get to the point where I was starting to notice my old PS4, and uh, yeah, so far on this one, it is totally silent. Um, so. I think this is definitely a conversation we should revisit sometime at the end of the year when you guys have had oh, yeah. multiple experiences with it to see yeah, at the yeah. end of like, I really appreciate the PS4 Pro now, or it really didn't do enough to justify the upgrade or stuff like that. Like, I just want to hear you guys' conversation. So this is definitely something we're gonna put a pin in and revisit later. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for everything. Uh, some great topics today. Some fiery topics. Jordan called me and Dom names, so that was great. Uh, no, I told you guys to go fuck yourselves. But while we're at it, <laughs> you guys are pieces of shit. <laughs> so let's get into what we're going to be playing this coming week. Finishing uh, Sniper Elite 4. Uh, I don't know if I'll have the video, video review out by then. Uh, by next week, by the time we record, I might. Not too sure. Uh, going to be finishing up Rayman Origins. And I think that's pretty much it as far as, like, definitive things I might be playing. Oh, one thing that really irritated me. So I've been playing a lot of Rocket League, right? I have one achievement left. And in Rocket League, you guys can tell me if on the PlayStation 4 version, in the Xbox One version, there's two unlockable car uh, models. There's the Gears of War car and a Warthog, right? And the last achievement I have is for winning a match with one car and beating the other car. That uh, achievement has been glitched and unable to get for over a year now. There was a recent update that happened two days ago with the Hot Wheels update for Rocket League on all platforms. Didn't fix the achievement. So I'm just sitting there with 59 out of 60 achievements. I can't get this achievement because it's glitched. Um, I don't know if it's only glitched on Xbox. I haven't really looked that deep into it. But a lot, of people, are, a lot of people are super heated that they still haven't fixed it. Um, which is kind of disappointing because, like, I like Psionics. I think they're a really good dev and stuff. So, yeah, that's been frustrating me because sitting there seeing one achievement, dude, is really bothersome. It just frustrates me. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much everything I'm going to be playing. I'm uh, going to be watching some more Mr. Robot. going to be watching some more Riverdale. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? Horizon Zero Dawn comes to the PlayStation 4 computer entertainment system. That's you, what I'm going to be playing. You you, you pre-order just the base version, right? There's no like special ultra edition, I'm assuming. Oh, there is, but I uh I was not dumb enough to be fooled. I went ahead and just got the standard. Um also did the same thing with Mass Effect because Mass Effect's got like a super ultra mega deluxe edition and still doesn't include the season pass that doesn't exist um so anytime i i buy like a digital deluxe edition it has to have the 
season pass included. Otherwise, I'm like, fuck, I don't need your ten extra outfits that make me feel special, you know? Yeah. So. The 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 one I'm getting is so there's the regular baseline Mass Effect version, uh, the like the baseline one with games with gold that drops down to like fifty two bucks, and then the one that's oh. the seventy dollar version drops down to like sixty three. I'm getting the sixty three nice. version just because like that's what I'm going to be paying for a game anyways, and that the only ten dollar more version comes with like some multiple uh, multiplayer stuff which I'm going to be dabbling with because I love Mass Effect, and then it comes yeah. with. Uh, an homage to the first trilogy you get this space monkey in your ship which is really cool and i'm like i'm paying what i would normally pay retail i'm fine with paying that price you know if i was paying like the 70 and it wasn't discounted i probably would just stick with the 52 dollar version but i'm like it's 63 bucks i'm just gonna get it but yeah that yeah. that makes sense but yeah but yeah otherwise i just if it doesn't have a season pass it's like i don't i don't need the extra i agree stuff, with you so. i agree with you yeah. yeah so yeah i just did standard and actually got my mass effect pre-order in too so i'm excited for both of these games coming out uh soon of course horizons right on the horizon oh um real quick but, Jordan, uh, i yeah. hate to interrupt you you just talked about pre-ordering i uh pre-ordered uh, mass effect uprising nexus uprising um the the book that basically ties uh the old trilogy. Oh, the new Andromeda. novel. Yeah, I pre-ordered that, and I also pre-ordered. Uh, what is it called? The new. They released two new Star Wars novels. Uh, uh, the, with Inferno. Rogue one. The and one with, yeah, the Inferno's the, like a sequel to Rogue One. Yeah, I uh, I pre-ordered the one with uh, Chir Emway and uh, Baze. They're like okay. their story because I'm I love Chir Emway so. Anyway, so sorry. Go ahead. It's. Yeah, it's, it's cool that you interrupted, but uh, I hope your children don't have legs. Anyways, uh, I'm really excited about uh, the, like I said, you know, the fact that Horizon's actually going to be my first PS4 Pro game, um, and that's going to, you know, like like Dom said, I won't be jumping from 1080 to, to 4K, but I think it'll still be enough to satiate my, my crispy hunger. So, you just saw an email pop up on my screen. And I've been accepted to the PS4 4.5 beta. Uh, Ooh, so you yeah. can go ahead and get on that boost mode. Finally, yeah. I forgot I even, uh, you know, requested that. Um, you can also start using uh, external hard drives for your game storage. <laughs> I guess once I fill up the terabyte that I already have in there. Maybe. Wait, oh, <laughs> I forgot that wasn't a thing. So yeah, weird. we just, we're, well, we're not actually getting it yet. It's just in beta, but as soon as that update comes out. How the hell did this thing sell 55 million units? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there's... <laughs> trust me. I know. I know, I'm like, Jared. what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't... Well, another day. But, okay. <laughs> uh, what am I going to be playing? Uh, also, Horizon. Over the weekend, I don't even know. I have... I, I don't really want to start something new when I know come Tuesday that I'm going to be playing Horizon and then come Friday, I'm going to breath of the goddamn wild. So <laughs> I probably will just sit in limbo until I get my hands on Horizon. Also, uh, I'll we'll record another podcast uh, probably right before I go see this next week. But Logan is coming out uh, yep. next Thursday, and I am I'm really pumped about that movie, dude. I'm I've been watching Legion, and that is some great great X Men stuff. Uh, way better than this shit they've been putting out with Apocalypse and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, Legion's been really good. I think Logan's gonna be great. Um, you know. Love me some X-Men. I love to see the X-Men doing well. And so I hope that, you know, this stuff goes well for them. Because it, it does seem like they've been dra- drugged through the mud 
last couple on that, of years. On that note, this weekend I am going to see Get Out, which looks yes. Phenomenal. Shout it feels out to Jordan like Peele. If, feels like if Bioshock Infinite became a movie in a way. Yeah, um, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, um, it's uh, Jordan Peele's directorial debut from Key and Peele. So if you if you like that dude, he's he, he's a smart guy. He's no, he knows what he's doing. So the funny thing with Logan is the initial trailer came out with Johnny Cash's heart. Well, not Johnny Cash's because it's a cover, but yeah. uh, his cover of it. And I was super excited for Logan, right? Super excited. This movie is so good. The second trailer dropped, and I, I may be the only one, but that second trailer was not good, in my opinion. Oh, I, I, didn't, the... I didn't watch it. I stopped. I did. I've I've pretty much officially gone on the route of I'm just watching the first trailer for everything now. So. Yeah. The second trailer, really bad. The first one was like a fantastic trailer, right? Perfect by almost all means. Like such a fantastic trailer. Second one, in my opinion, really bad. It got me kind of worried for the film actually. And then all of the people that got to see it earlier, like, oh no, it's fantastic. It's arguably the best superhero movie. It's fantastic. All of a sudden, oh okay, I'm I'm good. I'm sold. But like that second trailer, who after you watch the movie, you you should go back and watch it. Uh, Jordan, yeah, I will. It's not a very good trailer. It's. Ugh, it's rough. I'm like, ooh, because they nailed the first one so well. So I was just like, yeah, ugh. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sold. I can't wait to watch it. Going to go watch opening night. I want to watch uh, Get Out as well because it's one of those movies that it's either going to be exactly what it's pitching or completely opposite of that. And he's such a funny guy, and it's interesting for him to go into this like weird like suspense thriller kind of genre. So I'm interested yeah. to see what kind of movie it is. They've... It sound it seems weird, but they've actually done more of that than you'd think. They were in those both of those guys were in Fargo. Um, Predator. Uh, one of them was just cast in Predator. Yeah, um, Keegan Michael Key was in a great movie directed by Mike Birbiglia, who's a stand-up comic. Uh, last year called Don't Think Twice, where he uh, he's plays the boyfriend of Gillian Jacobs from Community, um, and uh, they're like in this. Um, uh, fuck, what do you call it? Uh, a uh, improv group. And uh, that's, I mean, it's comedy, but it's a lot of drama. You know, it's a dramedy, and, and Keegan-Michael Key is great in that. So so they're, um, you know, they've kind of bounced around that comedy uh, more than you'd expect. I think I think they've got a handle on it. Yeah, well, as, as a director, I'm saying it's, it's a weird entry point for me because I'd assume, like, from him, it'd be like, oh, my first thing's going to be a comedy, you know? So it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I think that's it for episode 48. Tune in next week when we'll probably have our initial impressions on Horizon from the guys. Uh, eventually, we'll do one where we have the you, you guys talk about your review discussions. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say when you finish the game. Uh, I, I don't care about spoilers personally because um, I'm probably never going to play the game. Uh, so I'm down to hear what your so, guys' thoughts are and everything. Jared, uh, since Dom's not listening, at the end, Aloy takes off her mask and she's actually... Samus Aran. Uh, I thought she was Christopher Walken. That sucks. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm you guys sorry. Were... I was trying to get to the horizon. No. Oh god, that impression needs more cowbell. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 48 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Join us next week when we talk about Horizon Zero Dawn and probably some other bad Nintendo news or something. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter at CTRAINT. Dom has been doing a good job killing it over there, tweeting all of our stuff. Uh, you can follow us individually. I'm at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos. And Jordan is at Mellow Modus. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.